0: Welcome to Talent Hub Talk. I am Ben Duncan and this is a place where prominent and inspirational figures from both the local ANZ and global Salesforce Ohana share their stories. In today's episode, I am delighted to be joined by Pradeep Indoresh, an associate partner with IBM and a Salesforce CTA. Pradeep started his career with Siebel, but transitioned into delivery and engagement management roles over time. He had exposure to Salesforce from a delivery management perspective, but had not worked in a hands-on Salesforce role, nor had he worked as a Salesforce architect when he decided that he wanted to be a CTA. Pradeep talks us through his reasons for pursuing the CTA journey and how the journey played out. I hope you enjoy the episode. Pradeep, thank you for joining me.
1: Hey Ben, very nice to be here. Thanks for inviting me on.
0: My pleasure, my pleasure. I'm really excited to explore your story because I think it's quite unique. You know, I've not had anyone on the podcast before that has kind of taken the path that you have over the recent few years. So we'll focus quite heavily on some decisions you've made later in your career and, uh, and more recently. But if you could just kind of give me some insight into the early days of your career and how you kind of ended up in the world of technology.
1: I uh, had my early education uh, back in India. So, I eventually, uh, as any youngster, I was interested in cars and automobiles. So, I ended up getting into mechanical engineering. So, the path of sciences and engineering excited me. So, but at some point during the, the whole path, so I just saw that the opportunities back in India at that point were. Probably more on the technology sector, and especially being from Bangalore, I saw that that's the kind of area in which a lot of the jobs were, and I slowly started taking interest into that while I was doing my engineering. So I had my previous organization, so they had a big campus recruitment initiative. So as a part of which, I appeared for that. This was probably the first day of recruitment, and I landed a job with them. So. Eventually, yeah, at that point, uh, my decisions was probably uh, based on, okay, where am I being paid the highest? And I probably took this role. So I think, yeah, that's where I landed up with technology. And then, uh, yeah, I joined this organization back in 2007. You were a Siebel
0: developer initially. Was that the first technology that you landed with and kind of stuck with initially?
1: That's correct. So I think when I joined the organization as a, a graduate trainee, basically everybody was assigned different lines of work. So I had in my batch of 24, 12 were assigned Java and I was into the CRM space. And that point of time, Siebel was the market leader then. So I was assigned into the Siebel track and started my training on Siebel from there.
0: And how long did you stay hands-on with Siebel? How long did you continue down the development
1: and hands-on part? I was fully hands-on for about three, three and a half years, after which I kind of started a little bit hands-on, but I started more on the technical lead kind of space And then, yeah, my plunge into management happened after that. So what
0: was it about management and like delivery and kind of oversight of projects and um, enhancements and and implementations and so on? Like, What was it about that that attracted you rather than continuing down the technology and, and technical path at that stage of your career?
1: It was purely by accident. So I think to start off with, when I was my day-to-day delivery role, I was playing the role of a developer and an integration consultant in Siebel days. But leadership came probably very naturally to me. So at that point, back in India, I was leading events management group, so which um, did a lot of talent management activities. Then I was also heading up the CSR initiatives group while in India as well. So I think leadership came naturally to me. So though I was not in a technical delivery management or leadership at that point, I did play other leadership roles. When I moved to the UK as a Siebel developer, my first management role uh, actually was offered to be my my customer. So I was in a team of eight and uh, my customer told me, Pradeep, are you okay to take up uh, the role of a technical lead? So it was a mixed team of uh, various suppliers, contractors, and so on. So I think, yeah, my first offer came from there, which was completely unexpected and unplanned. And I took that role on. And yeah, one thing led to the other. From there on, it meant that eventually the whole piece of work was given to my organization. It was awarded to us. And where we had one or two people, it turned into a large account with significant revenue for us, which meant they needed somebody to play the role of the engagement lead. Because apart from Siebel, we had streams of Salesforce and Microsoft Dynamics work there as well. So this meant that I took on the role of the engagement lead and started providing engaged commercial as well as delivery oversight there. So yeah, from then on, as you know, civil Space started to wane a bit, which meant that my future roles on Salesforce uh, ended up being more on the delivery management uh, oversight kind of space.
0: Your transition into the Salesforce world was because Siebel was declining and Salesforce was taking off and, and you stayed with the same company, right? So I guess your your engagements naturally would have transitioned from Siebel to, to Salesforce as the market expanded? Yeah.
1: That's correct. Yeah, that's right. So I think yeah, by about 2014, when I was about to finish on my uh, Seabell role, by then there wasn't a lot happening in the market or there wasn't a lot of roles available uh, in the Seabell space, which meant that I had to make that transition into Salesforce. So yeah, not having a lot of technical background in Salesforce and having already been more into these oversight roles, that naturally became the progression into Salesforce as well. So you had
0: been a Siebel developer, then you moved into, you transitioned into engagement management project and program management. How long had you been kind of hands off of technology in terms of like how many years had you been not developing and not touching the technology and, and being in more of a delivery lead role when you moved into the Salesforce world?
1: I think even before 2014, one or two years, I was more in a technology lead with very limited hands-on work. So I think 2014 is probably the last time when I did any piece of coding or work which actually is live production.
0: And then your first Salesforce engagement, can you remember what that was, what you actually um, delivered at that point?
1: Yes, uh, as I said, uh, though as an engagement lead, I was uh, looking at various streams of work, providing commercial and delivery oversight. But my first real role where I was myself uh, deeply involved in was uh, as a service transition manager for a large uh, pharma company with a multi-country rollout. It was 65 countries that we had to roll it out. So there was a bit of core sales force, but apart from that, it was an AppExchange uh, CMS solution that we were implementing. So this was for their uh, intranet portal. So my role there involved uh, setting up the service, support, migrating content, making sure that the service is live and uh, then rolling out to the various markets.
0: Mm-hmm. So now you're in the Salesforce world. Like Hal, I appreciate you were never actually in a kind of execution role, right? You weren't ever coding or you know building flows or, or doing any Apex or anything like that. But how deep did you go at that point? Um, In terms of understanding the platform and um, how deep do you think it's important that a project or program manager goes with Salesforce as well?
1: I think uh, being from a technical background myself, uh, starting off as a developer, and also I think my initial project manager did come from a technical background. He was sort of my role model where I saw that he was able to provide the team guidance, directions, inputs when it is needed. So I've always been conscious that the best way to gain uh, respect of your team is when You were able to, first of all, empathize with what work they are doing, understand what's being done, and be in that position to offer directions, options, and ideas when the team is needed. In that instance, uh, even before I transitioned, I think I knew about a year earlier that my civil work was kind of coming to an end and I had to transition. So I started doing some of my certs, like I did my admin cert and the developer cert. So... I understand what the platform was about. So for me, I think as a project manager as well, at least the functional knowledge on at least the core clouds, the sales service, experience cloud, I think it's very much necessary. Technically, probably less so, but I would say at least identification of terminologies and concepts. So basically, when you're talking to your team, you can recognize what the relevant risks, dependencies are, and what could be the approach to take. I think that's probably quite important. So, yeah, at least having these basic knowledge is uh, very important. So, for me, I think one of the places where I had to go very deep technical, if I have to give an example, is uh, I was brought in as an engagement lead on a troubled project where we were going through a Salesforce audit. Though I had a fantastic architect uh, working in my team at that point, So I was the person in charge. I wanted to know every single detail of what's happening with the audit, what are the implications of various aspects of it that is being discussed and so on. So I've always been someone who has had deep discussions with the teams on solution options, pros and cons, understanding the considerations. I think, yeah, these things are quite important and uh, these have helped me in my journey towards CTA as well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, you know, that obviously with your background, you probably took more of an interest in these things than someone that is just purely coming in from a project and program management background. But I guess at that point in your career, the CTA probably wouldn't be the most obvious direction for someone to go down because your career trajectory was going more towards that kind of delivery management and progressing down that path. You weren't operating as an architect per se, or it wasn't an obvious direction that you would go in your career. So what was it that kind of made you think, actually, you know what, I'm going to pursue this CTA and I'm going to become a certified technical architect?
1: It certainly wasn't the path that I was taking, so it wasn't definitely an obvious choice or a direction that I would take. I had uh, actually various people around me in my team who were going through this journey, and I saw how accomplished architects they were. And looking at that, I never really felt like it's something that I could achieve, just purely comparing and seeing uh, where I was in relation to them at that point. But I think some of the incidents really changed my mind. So when I was uh, with some senior stakeholders in a few situations, along with uh, senior architects in my team, I think a lot of the conversation, I sort of felt like I was not part of it because the customer stakeholders always fe- were looking at the architect in my team for most of the answers. Or Almost there was a sense of feeling that, okay, as a project manager, he probably wouldn't know an answer to this. And some of the questions, I didn't know the answers. And uh, so I think at this point, I started feeling like I was probably I'm missing something here. I probably need to know a little bit more detailed knowledge of it. So at that point, it was not quite that I wanted to be a CTA, but I was doing high-level solutioning on uh, deals, pre-sales work, and so on. But I thought I needed to go a little bit deeper into Salesforce. Didn't know at that point it was going to lead to be a CTA, but I said I need to get deeper knowledge. And I started doing more of the search from the basics ones that I had and I started learning a lot more.
0: So what was the moment you, you actually thought to yourself, right, now I've got a few more certs and I'm going to go for it. I'm going to pursue this CTA.
1: Yeah, I think it was, uh, as I said, some of the people around me in the team, they were doing it. So I started kind of talking more in terms of understanding more about the certs. And also, I think uh, the point when the lockdown around COVID started, so it also meant that you had more time. <laughs> so I think usually, I think uh, in my day-to-day role and with my social life, it just didn't have enough time. I was doing these certs much slower, but when the COVID lockdown happened, firstly, there was a lot of time and a lot of people around me were using that time to do a lot of certs. This means studying together, kind of uh, sharing notes. And uh, at that point, I did a lot of the certs and I got my prerequisites done to be a CTA. And then I think it went to a conversation where uh, my boss at that time said, yeah, now that you've got your prerequisites, why don't you enroll onto a program with Flow Republic and then start getting on the journey towards CTA. So at that point, I had my first conversation with Seb. And after speaking to me, he just told me that, yeah, I think the way you communicate, the way you talk and You have the basics there. You've got a good chance. So you need to obviously fill in some of the technical gaps. Yeah, that made me feel like, okay, it's not as bad as I thought. So if you've got some skills which are useful for CTA and I need to plug some of the gaps, let me give it a good go.
0: This episode is sponsored by our friends at Flow Republic. Flow Republic is the elite Salesforce academy helping architects all over the world to realize their goal of becoming a Salesforce certified technical architect. The success that architects are having with Flow Republic is incredible. So if you are on your journey to CTA, then I highly recommend checking out flowrepublic.com to understand how they can help you. What would you say were the biggest gaps? And I, I appreciate, obviously, broadly, it's the, the technology, right? But in terms of like, if you go a bit deeper than that, where did Seb and yourself identify it was going to be a
1: challenge? I think a key part of the starting of the training there is the start itself is the gap analysis. So you look at all of the various skills that is needed to be a CTA and then you sort of score yourself on the various criteria. And you try and see what are the areas that you actually need to work on so that your study plan is aligned towards that. So obviously, I think coming from the background that I did, I had a very good base of consulting, pre-sales, communication. So I could do that really well. So that was the positive. But I think I had to fill in gaps on the technical slide because a lot of times in the Q&A sessions, I used to feel like sometimes when deeper technical questions are asked, I was almost lost. Or I was like, okay, where do I go from here? So that meant that I had to do a lot of hands-on exercises, a lot of these deep technical discussions with uh, people in my study groups who have helped a lot in uh, kind of progressing, doing a lot of mocks and incrementally improving over those gaps. And yeah, literally, I think when I joined IBM as well, so within the IBM CTA Academy was really helpful. So you may know people like Jitendra Jha and Shoyi Bhikpal. So I think they spent many a weekend, much of their personal time with me to actually help me through the concepts, help me through the understanding. So I think that technical side of it and being able to do some hands-on work and actually understanding what some of the implications are and when the questions are asked, to be able to relate back to it and to provide the answers was the bit I had to work on.
0: So did you, I think I already know the answer to this, but through the process, did you fear at any point that it just wasn't going to all come together?
1: I think that after I failed my first attempt, I felt like, okay, is this still possible for me? Is this something that I can still do? But at that point, I sort of decided that, okay, maybe I need to do a couple of roles as an architect. So at that point, yeah, I think that's one point where I felt like that. And probably I needed to do something slightly different to actually see if that will help me on my path going forward.
0: So you actually then, you made the decision that you were going to kind of change the direction of the role that you were in day-to-day and be an architect and and get that kind of exposure as an architect on a live Salesforce project?
1: Yes, uh, on a couple of uh, transformations, I took up the role of a solution architect, which was quite change in direction from what I was doing at that point of time. So I I did take up those roles to get some real hands-on experience. Again, worked with other architects at that point of time. I ran a lot of discovery workshops. And yeah, I think that gave me a proper experience. And uh, then I sort of started to connect things a lot more. And probably I think, yeah, those kind of things really helped me in my uh, further path from there to understand what were my gaps, what I need to work on, and then be ready for my next attempt.
0: So at that point, did it kind of just, did you have that realization, that moment click that actually, you know, this was all going to fall into place for you?
1: Actually, it took time. So I think for me in terms of whether this is the right path or this is where I want to go, that was from the very beginning, I was very clear. Because I think I was learning a lot on this journey. So I really felt like irrespective of whether I end up being a CTA or not, I'm gaining a lot from this process. But I think yeah, the fact of being very confident that this is going to click, I think came much later. I would say when I made my first attempt, I felt like I had a good chance, but I think second time, once I got more hands-on experience, I did this role and I started working with some really good people uh, within the IBM CT Academy and I felt a lot more confident. I think about two to three weeks before I did my recent attempt, I felt like I'm up to it. I should be finding a really good chance to pass. I don't see what would uh, trip me up this time.
0: And do you, I'm sure you do, but do you remember the the moment you found out you'd passed and what that felt like?
1: Uh, That was, uh, yeah, I would say it was a very mixed feeling. It just felt really good. I think uh, it was about one and a half years uh, worth of work. And, uh, yeah, it's sort of, uh, well, it's like great sense of accomplishment. First of all, a sense of relief that all this hard work has really come to fruition. And being on this journey, it's a lot of hard work and it takes a lot from your professional and personal life. Uh, so I think it is a very great sense of accomplishment and it's a great sense of happiness. Uh, and I think probably it's one of those things in your life, at least for me, probably something that I've had to really work hard for.
0: yeah and I think that's really the takeaway message I think for this is because you know a lot of people that will listen to this might think I don't come from the background that you need to have to be a CTA and I think you know you demonstrate that it's an option for people that might not necessarily have followed the career path that is expected so yeah I think that that will inspire a lot of our listeners which is the whole purpose of the podcast so yeah it's great that you're sharing that story and I think like a lot of people see you know, the CTA as the destination and focus on the outcome, but actually, you know, the whole journey that you've been on, how has that kind of rounded your capabilities? And, and what has it meant for you as a professional to improve and to learn and grow on that journey, whether or not you got the outcome or not, you know, the whole journey is also really important.
1: Exactly. I think that's been the best part. As I said, from the very beginning, when I started this journey, I've always felt like I'm on the right path, irrespective of what the outcome is, the journey itself is so good. And in fact, it's quite funny that even when I passed the exam, I sort of had withdrawal symptoms that I'm not joining these uh, day-to-day calls and the study groups because it had become a habit for about a year and a half where my every morning started with the study group calls with everyone. So, I think it sort of becomes a habit and something that I started enjoying as well, which meant that I started missing that daily calls, which was happening. So I think CTA is probably one of those unique exams which brings in a combination of skills, technical, functional, user experience, consulting, communication, object handling, and whatnot. So I think that really does make you a very well-rounded professional. So I think irrespective of where you are in your career, I'm sure there is some complementary skills that you pick up as a part of this journey. Mm -hmm. So I would really recommend this to anyone. And also you meet a lot of people, you network with a lot of, driven people who are trying to make this happen. So I think it's a journey that's going to make you learn a lot as you go along.
0: So what's changed for you since you passed in terms of like, what do you do day to day now? How has your role changed?
1: In terms of my role within the organization, I'm a solutions and delivery director. And in terms of role, it's probably not changed a lot. And I generally think in our industry, you are a consultant, irrespective of the role that you're doing. In the end, you need to be a good consultant. So for me, uh, I feel that that's the part which uh, has improved a lot. So I feel like I'm a much better consultant now than I was before. I'm more confident in my skills, in the advice that I provide to my customers. And I've added these new dimensions to myself. And also it gives me a sense of bringing that unique combination of skills being from a delivery pre-sales kind of background to now adding these probably more confident solutioning and technical skills as well. So probably puts me in a sort of a unique position where I can probably support in many different ways than what I could and probably be a lot more confident in my skills.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's the amazing thing, right? The confidence that you would have taken from this, like you said, it just kind of, it will resonate. And when you're in front of a customer, you know, you just have that deeper belief in your ability to perform both roles, right? And, And to add value and to be in that discussion, even if you are the project or program manager in an engagement, and there's a technical architect there, you know, you feel that your input and the value you can add is at the same level as them and above in some cases. So yeah, I think that that can never be taken away from you now, right? That credential.
1: That's correct. I think that's the important thing, as I said uh, earlier uh, in your earlier question. So even though you're uh, engagement manager, exec, providing oversight, I think there are always uh, certain issues that come up. There are always certain areas where there's some decisions to be made. You now can work with your architects and have as much of a detailed discussion as possible and try to arrive at the right decisions. And being uh, in a position to be able to do that uh, certainly gives you a lot of confidence is very helpful for sure.
0: So for anyone listening that might be um, at the kind of stage of their career where they think I'd love to do the CTA, but I don't have the right background or, you know, my knowledge isn't where it needs to be, and maybe might be doubting their ability to achieve the goal, what would you say to them?
1: I would say, trust me, nobody starts the CTA journey with all the skills and the right background needed to be it. As I said, it's a unique exam, which needs a wide range of skills, a combination of skills to be able to pass. I've seen many people on the journey who come from a strong technical background but need to learn that looking at things from the user experience perspective, communicating better, taking that consulting approach where you look at the pros and cons, trade-offs of particular solutions and talk in those parts. And there are people like me as well who come from a very different background who need to probably fill in gaps in other areas. So Trust me, you have to learn something new (laughs) to become a CTA. You can't do it with your existing skills. So I think as long as one is ready to work hard, they're committed to the cause and they understand that it's not a flip of a switch. It's not going to happen in a very short amount of time. You probably get 70, 80% of what you need probably through a lot of learning and your prerequisites and the certs and so on. But from then on, it's a very incremental process of um, improving and adding those complementary skills and probably getting to a space where your presentation, your communication is very pointed and you're speaking the things which are actually necessary and use your time well. Basically, it's also about time management and making sure that you are uh, doing the right things within the time you have for your presentation and Q&A. So I think it's all of that. So as long as yeah, you're driven and you want to do it. It's very much possible. And I don't think anybody should hold themselves back by thinking that they don't have the right background or skill. Nobody does. So it's just that it's taught me that to make any significant achievement, you got to put in the work and enjoy the process or the journey as you go along. So if you enjoy what you're doing and you're ready to put in the work, it is very much possible
0: thank you so much for sharing your story. And, and like I said, I'm sure this is going to inspire a lot of people. So if anyone does want to reach out and pick your brains or, you know, find out more about how you did things or why you did them that way and you know, learn some more from you, where's the best place for them to contact you?
1: Yeah, I think I, you asked one of the questions earlier, what do I do nowadays in terms of my role and so on? So I am uh, helping out quite a few people to, in mentoring and coaching and how they, things can happen. So you can find me on LinkedIn, Pradeep Indresh. So please feel to reach out to me if you need any help. Definitely, I'll try and make uh, as much time as possible to help uh, along the journey. I've got a lot of help from many people to kind of achieve this and uh, definitely happy to give back to the community.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Thanks, Ben.
1: So that's a wrap for this week's episode and
0: thank you very much for listening. I hope you enjoyed the chat and if you did please make sure you have subscribed for future episodes that are coming through. I would also be very grateful if you would consider leaving a review on your chosen podcast platform as five star reviews will help us to reach more trailblazers from across the world. I look forward to sharing another episode with you soon and thanks again.